big big blips big blips big old sonar blips beep, 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 beep. take out a submarine with these blips mm-hmm. one of my favorite parts of the star trek 2009 is the noise that the ship makes and it's beep 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 beep, beep. isn't it like a it's almost like a like a high pitched water drop. Yeah. Beep boop. Beep yeah. boop. Yep. Kinda. Hi, this is Kale Warden. This is Jessica Burton. I don't have a cool letter thing this time. Galloping gargoyles, this is Gun Global. I'm going back to G. What letter are we on? You. You? Yeah. You? Oh, that's a horror. Uh, yeah, Uni- that's why I'm so mad about U- it. Uniform unicorns under Arshalas. You feel that? <laughs> Careful. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm going to leave it there. Welcome to Gun Global. Yeah, it's a hard one. You can yeah. see why I'm so yeah, mad no, about no, no. it. Well, wait until you get to X. Ugh. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it. Xylophone. The, pro- the problem is I do these. I do those right before we record. Mm-hmm. So I'll be in deep concentration. And then this time, my phone accidentally highlighted the yep. whole thing and deleted it. And I just, that's it. That's the end of the bit. I'm yep. done. Yep. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. That is a sign from our Lord above that it was not meant to continue. Oh. Be a fun challenge, though, to do VXYZ. I've done them before. Yeah. I mean, that's a game a friend a friend of mine and I used to play when I it was an old roommate. Mm-hmm. I would be out of town, and that's how we would sort of keep in contact as we'd, we'd go through the whole alphabet. That's cool. Um. Yes, it's not easy, but it's yeah, fun. I do that sometimes with um, when I'm trying to get to sleep. Like my version of counting sheep is naming things and going through the whole alphabet and doing it. Usually, it's like names with like the alphabet. Yeah, you think of a name starting with yeah a, a corresponding. Letter so, like you say, alphabet. like boys' names, it would be like Adam, Ben, Carl. Carl? The first C one you think of is Carl? <laughs> Welcome to Gone Global. What'd you learn this week? I learned my wife hates me. That's not true. You're just not the first name I think of, apparently. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. Didn't even mean it, I swear. <laughs> Is that worse? She doesn't even hate me. <laughs> doesn't even hate me in her real life. It's all subliminal. Oh, oh your name isn't the first one I think oh, of. Oh, no. <laughs> it's Carl. It's Carl. <laughs> Maybe I was just thinking of um, Up, because the old man in Up is called Carl. I don't know. There, there is no justification. I apologize. Uh, did you learn anything this week? <laughs> Apart from that, that I apparently. Uh, what did I learn this week? Um, 
beat Pokemon last week. You did. That was very fun. We did talk about that. But yeah, we did. You learn anything more about Pokemon? No, I'm trying to breed and hatch some eggs and mm. um, get some of the Pokemon that um, are a bit harder to catch or... Mm-hmm. You know, are better competitively and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm not very good at that stuff. Mm-hmm. This game, this game makes it a bit more rewarding to okay. try and do all that, though. So, do you think you'll get tired of it? Uh, yeah. I'm trying really hard to complete the Pokedex and mm-hmm. catch everyone. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done that before? No, ah. actually, I um, I've only beaten the Elite Four, which is like the the end of like the story of the game. Mm. Three times. Mm-hmm. Is there an elite four in this one? Sort of. Okay. It's very different, and it's not as uh, I don't know, like. I said last week, it's not as challenging. But I've never completed the the full Pokedex. I've never uh, caught them all, as it were, mm-hmm. uh, because it, it requires a lot of grinding and you know going through and just sort of making circles in the same mm-hmm. area over mm-hmm. and over and over mm-hmm. again. Um, and then you've got the aspect of, of the game that is like, you know, with each version, they split the, the Pokemon you get, like you, you know, with like Pokemon blue, you get Vulpix and Oddish and with, uh, uh, red, you get like Growlithe and Mankey. Okay. So you have to, the, the goal is to trade between games. Right, 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 right. Um, so the closest I've ever come is getting, getting all the ones that, I can get on one game. Mm. Okay. Something like 110 or something. Because mm. they they reduce this Pokedex, right? Yes. This one. Yes. So there's not all of them. Right. There's not right. all 800. Right. I think the number is like half that though. So I think there's, mm-hmm. there's still quite a bit. But like I said, they've made it a lot more fun to do. So... Um, with all that, I still don't know what I've learned this week. I learned in French class that the, the fruit and vegetable section of the grocery store, mm-hmm. the rayon, rayon, mm-hmm. is le primaire. Is it? Well, I guess not. <laughs> I, it may be. I've never heard of that. I, I don't know. What do you call it? Well, or maybe it's the know. primary in the grocery maybe, store. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Well, this is by far uh, <laughs> the worst thing I've ever done. So anyway, yeah, I don't know. What did you learn this week? Uh, I actually learned how to draw a face. Um, so I give a class on comics and comics history and things. Uh, and this week we had a guest speaker come in, Sabrina Kaufman, who is a Luxembourgish manga artist. And she came to kind of talk about her work and how publishing works and to give a short drawing lesson. So I learned how to draw a face. It was extremely bad, my version of it, but I learned the the vague principle of it. Hmm. So essentially in drawing, everything is shapes and yeah, you sure. build on shapes. So a, cir- so a face is a circle, then you... Um, draw two lines and put like a cross section in it uh-huh. and then your eyes are on the level of that first line that's yep. like halfway down your head yep your nose is to the side of the vertical line and then you you add a bit of like chin on 
Uh, and yeah, that's that's what I learned. Huh. I know. I I I can picture what you're talking about because I uh, when I was a kid, I used to get these um these Marvel drawing books. Yeah, how to draw the Marvel and things like that. Uh, things like that. Yeah, it wasn't that one, but um. Uh, yeah it it had that diagram it was you know the the circle which is Mm -hmm. the head and then the the vertical and the horizontal lines i didn't know that the nose went to the side of the vertical Mm. line i know the your nose is always on one side apparently interesting apparently i i don't know i mean mine look like a piece of crap and there's a reason i became an editor and not an artist because you can't follow instructions yeah because i can't draw you drew a piece of crap instead of a face. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But I do know that the eyes are, they're kind of supposed to go not like right next to each other on the yeah. on the center of the vertical line, but pretty close. No. So apparently what you do, you measure with your finger how wide the eye is. And then you basically have the space equal to an eye in between your eyes. So you take... You take so say, say your eye is... Three fingers. Okay. So then you have another three fingers in the middle of your face between your eyes, and then it's the other eye. Yeah, I know. So there you go. That's something you learned. So you do that on the page? Yeah. You put your three fingers on the page, and that's Well, how how big you've drawn it, and then... Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I know, right? It is really interesting. It's a shame this isn't a video podcast. I know. Uh, just to let everybody know, Kale was doing measuring his eyes with his fingers and measuring the gap. Okay. And he found out that is indeed true. Three fingers. Three great big old fingers. Just three? For my giant eyes. <laughs> Them big old eyes. Mine's, no, mine are three fingers too. Yeah, I know. I also just did it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into some festive tunes so here's the thing we decided that it's december mm-hmm. we did a month of we didn't decide it's december the the romans decided that at some point oh no this was me okay i see you I didn't get that memo? no sorry i sent it around mm. gone global <laughs> headquarters and um, oh that i must have missed it you see i'm on the the eighth floor and you're on the first must have missed it hold on in this analogy <laughs> why would my office be on the first i don't know Gee, so, so not only do you think of other men, you have no idea, you don't know anything about me. Why? My office would be way, way high. Eh, Why on the first floor? I don't know. There's no oh, thought to it. Don't, oh, my word. Don't think about it too much. Anyway. We're going to do Christmas stuff this month. Yes. And since the wheel, in its infinite wisdom... Has failed us. Well, it told us to do music, so oh, music we shall do. We're doing that. But we're doing Christmas music. Yes. You want to go first? Nope. Oh, come on. Did I go? F- oh, it is my turn. Uh, I don't remember, but let's go with that. I think it's my turn. Okay. Okay. All right. So I am doing Reliant K's Santa Claus is Thumbing to Town. Mm. It's from the from their Christmas album from 2007, Let It Snow, Baby. We've played this quite a lot. Let like- It Rain, Dear. Yes, it always pops up yes on anything i ever play yes because i cannot separate the christmas music from the regular ryan k mm-hmm. music P- 
partially because it's so good I don't necessarily want to, <laughs> but also because I don't know how. Yeah, fair enough. So, yeah, you already know this. We'll play a clip of it here. Mm. So my favorite Christmas songs are the ones that have some form of story to them. Mm-hmm. Frosty, mm. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Mm. Yeah, that's legit. I don't think I know anymore, actually. <laughs> uh, but what I especially like about this song is it, it subverts mm. the usual holiday story. Mm-hmm. So the story in this song is is only sort of alluded to but basically mrs claus uh, there's a line in the 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 song that says uh and you could hear mrs claus screaming i warned you never trust those elves mm. so as i was just kind of doing cursory research for uh this this album one of the i think it was one of the reviews mentioned uh, an elf rebellion uh-huh I, li- I like that i guess i'd never put that word yeah. to it but i do like that um and uh, so all the reindeer are, are, are gone or not, not working. Or, mm-hmm. So Santa, Santa has to figure out how to get all the Christmas presents uh, around the world in just one night mm-hmm. without his sleigh and without his reindeer. Mm-hmm. A pretty common, you know, Christmas yeah. tree uh, I just got, I just got the title because he's hitchhiking. He's hitchhiking. Uh-huh. So that's how he decides to do it. And then also sort of subverting another Christmas song trope, you don't really find out whether or not he is successful. Mm-hmm. And I also really like that. Yeah. Uh, I like to believe he does. He does figure out how to do it. I don't I don't really know. That's the spirit of Christmas. Yeah, I don't really know. Um, there's something in this song that makes me... It's sort of you know if I picture it as like a a, a, a sort of television special, mm-hmm. I I picture a like a, a little girl with her parents in the car, and they do figure it out, and he does do it, mm-hmm. and you know all the the machinations of the whole thing, mm-hmm. and that's always just kind of sat with me. But every now and then, I like to entertain the idea of whether or not uh, of of the idea that he wasn't successful mm. and like what a what a bummer that would actually be yeah yeah um yeah no i i like that album a lot mm. i like that they play with it um i like that they do different things with christmas songs and they do covers of the like some older ones as well and i really like that album but yeah i think that was a, a good choice I'll, I'll kind of when we were talking we were saying we wanted to talk about Christmas songs that are a bit off the fly, off the beaten path. Yeah, is the word I yeah, yeah. And I think that's a that's a really mm-hmm. good one. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd ever actually like properly listen to the lyrics. Oh, so so uh, this album came out in two thousand seven, mm-hmm. but this is technically their second Christmas album. Okay, uh, it came out um, in a combo pack alongside the album. Um, Isn't there also some Christmas songs on the karaoke one? No. Okay. No, no, no. This the first one came out in a combo pack alongside two rights don't make a left but three do. 
and that one came out in 2003 uh-huh. um and it was it was in a christmas ep called deck the halls bruise your hand okay and it only had seven songs and this was one of them mm-hmm. and on let it snow let it snow baby let it rain deer they redid these seven songs but added 10 more oh okay so i've basically been listening to this christmas song since 2003 2003 since i became a fan of Reliant wow. K. so reliant k for christmas and, and christmas to me is yeah. synonymous yeah did so that one that we just listened to was that from the later album then no that was the first yeah okay yeah 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 uh-huh. it's uh yeah number seven okay very cool. Well, actually, if you if you don't have anything else to say about that, not really. Um, the Christmas album came out, uh, like I said, in two thousand seven. It got to like number ninety six on top two hundred mm. Billboard charts of that month. All right, which is pretty. Yeah, for Reliant K, hey, they aren't a well known. Well, they are. So they're not like chart topping. Not not uh, like there was that one album. Mm-hmm. Mm. That did. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that did, and kind. Of, I, I don't know if they just like signed with a, a different record label or, yeah. or what the process was there, but like that's not even their best album. Yeah. But that was the one that everybody knows, right? Because they got, I guess, a good single off of it. Mm. But yeah, like they don't really anymore mm-hmm. and so uh having that one come out and and hit the charts like that yeah it was uh a big deal mm. so yeah that santa claus is thumb into town by mm. ryan k very cool so speaking about 2003 and also chart toppers i want to kind of talk about the the general idea of a Christmas number one in the UK, because it's a huge deal. Um, So it's a highly coveted position um, with sales at the highest around this time. So if you get Christmas number one, chances are a lot of the time you'll actually get the highest sales of the year for that song. The year total? Yeah. From the Christmas? Yes. Wow. Because apparently sales for buying music are the highest around christmas presumably because you get people like buying cds for other people as gifts well and and then like parties yeah yeah exactly um so it's a really really coveted spot and it's become so much of an institution that a lot of christmas songs now sort of fight against the established order because um the christmas the fight for the christmas number one started in 1952 so there have been a lot and actually, it's not always Christmas songs, necessarily. Um, the The list of number ones includes classics that were just generally popular, um, as well as Christmas-themed ones. So just I'll just give you an idea of some of the, the number ones that have been. The early 50s, we have things like Christmas Alphabet, Mary's Boy Child, uh, then the the Beatles come along in the 60s and they hold the record for the most Christmas number ones. They have four, three of which were consecutive years. Um, and in 1963 and 1967, they held both the number one and number two slots. 
and they're the only band to have ever achieved this, which is pretty cool. Oh, interesting. Um, they weren't Christmas songs. <laughs> they were... Beatles songs. Like that's Yeah, the, that's they were the... I Want to Hold Your, hold your Hand uh, and uh, Hello, Goodbye. That's, I mean, that's the height of the Beatles popularity too, exactly. isn't it? So, exactly, yeah. Um The only other band to get close, there have been bands, but that individual members go off on their own or go to other bands and whatever that have a bit more. Um, but the only ones that have got close is the Spice Girls, who had three consecutive years in the 90s. Uh, three consecutive years of... Christmas number one. Christmas number one. Yes. So... It's a it's a big big deal. Um, in the and the sort of distinct phases of what the songs are and what they kind of go through. So, like I said, it's been a mix of Christmas songs versus just generally popular songs. Mm. Um, but in the nineteen eighties, songs for a cause begin to appear. Oh, sure. With Band Aid, which was the first yeah. one in eighty four. Then they also sang that song again with slightly different people in 89 and they also did a new version in 2004 and that is to raise money for children in africa uh is it u2 does that yes u2 and bono yeah um so a bunch of celebrities singers get together and they all sing like a line of that song we are the world or Mm -hmm. whatever feed the world what's the michael jackson one uh, it might. That, that was also a Christmas number one, so I do have it in my list here. Jackson, uh, Earth Song. No, that's not what I'm thinking of. No? All right. Well, anyway. Um, but charity songs have also been popular in recent years uh, with the Military Wives in 2011 and the Justice Collective in 2012 with covers of songs. So the the Justice Collective was actually a Hillsborough um, campaign group. Oh, the wow. the football incident that killed ninety six Liverpool fans. Yeah, um, they released a song, a cover of "He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother," and that reached number one in twenty twelve. Hmm. Um, so it's it is a huge thing, and there's different waves. Uh, in just to to let you know, because I was born. In December 1991, the Christmas number one then was Bohemian Rhapsody, which I think is pretty cool, actually. You know, they always say, like, what what song was number one when you were born? Mine yeah. is literally Bohemian Rhapsody. That's really cool. What's mine? Uh, well, I can tell you the Christmas number one. Yeah. In, that was Band-Aid. Band-Aid 2. Oh, yeah, sure. So, that yeah, not sense. too bad. Yeah. This could be worse. Um but the, the 90s in general bought some bangers, I, I wrote. <laughs> sure. Uh, with, so yeah, like I said, three consecutive years of the Spice Girls. And also, this was the time when children's hits became Christmas number one. So we had Mr. Blobby. And remind me to tell you about Mr. Blobby at some point because it's terrifying. I feel like we have spoken about yeah, him. Yeah, I need to do a full episode. But genuinely, I... I think it's a good idea, and then I look at the videos and I freak myself out a little bit. So I, we might we might talk about it at some point. We might not. Um, so, Mister Blobby hit number one, as did Bob the Builder. Can we fix it? Sure. Uh, sadly, though, the Teletubbies Christmas hit only made it to number two. 
read. I know. What was number one? Uh, let me just check what year it was. So that was in 1997 that it was number two. They were beaten by the Spice Girls. All right. Yeah, that's fair enough. I'll allow it. <laughs> fair enough. Um, but from 2002, the arrival of talent shows such as the X Factor, pop stars, of all of those junky, crappy reality shows that make a singer, they all claimed the top spot for like nine years. Yeah. And so the the age of the internet started appe- appearing and there was a huge campaign to prevent the reality shows from winning the number one again in 2009. And the campaign was to get Rage Against the Machine killing in the name of to number one. All right. And they did it. Sure. So Hell in yeah. 2009, the Christmas number one was killing in the name of. And it was the best thing ever. So I was 18 at the time and I was fully in that campaign. And I bought that record. Um, I downloaded it from iTunes and I contributed just one one hit to that thing. But it was friggin' great. And I... That's what got me really interested in Christmas number ones, like that that idea of huh. messing with it to yeah. not be the most popular song or the most manufactured song. That w- that was kind of their point that yeah yeah absolutely the the shows would finish in like November mm-hmm. and then a song would be ready and it would already be Christmas number mm-hmm. one, like so it was a big deal. Um, but that was also interesting because that was the first time that the Christmas number one was judged on downloads because oh. the original song had come out in 1993. So pretty much everything that got it to number one was digital download. Do you know why that in particular? Or is it just... Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. I, I don't. I that's, don't know. That's the specific thing is just that it's Rage Against the Machine. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And it's a cool song. Um, yeah, the metaphor being in the, yeah, the band's exactly. name. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that was really fun. And I have a lot of fondness that that actually happened. And it was a bit yeah. power to the people and yeah. that it managed to do it. So I thought that was really cool. So it's been a bit of a while since that glorious time. And since then, there's been charity songs again. There's been popular ones again. There have also been a lot of parody songs um you saw this last year and you were just as bemused as i was about it that last year 2018 uh youtube family stars lad baby won with their cover of we built this city and then they added the line on sausage rolls you remember this have you blocked it out (laughs) was this uh do we watch this at your parents at my nan's house I, it just happened to be on the TV. We we were watching and it came on the news that they'd won the Christmas number one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what I just lost by remembering that. <laughs> Shoved something else out. But there was also things like Proper Crimbo in 2003. And I do want to show you this. This isn't my main song that I want to talk about, but I just want to show you how ridiculous this is. It does make me a little uncomfortable. Oh, then it's a good Christmas song. Okay, never mind. I hated that. Yeah, me too. It was even worse than I remembered. (laughs) Let's 
swiftly move on from that. But let's just say there were parody songs that were terrible. And What's that even a parody of? <laughs> wow. <I don't>, <laughs> like... So Bo Selector was a TV show that I was way too young for, so I never actually watched it, but they mock people by putting on stupid big masks and... Anyway, well, the, this wasn't my actual song. I just wanted to show you how insane the UK is sometimes that things like this happen. Uh, so that was Proper Crimbo, 2003. Well, thank you for ruining my life. Yep. Um, but I would also like to talk about the number twos. Uh, <laughs> not like that. But the... The Christmas number two is actually way closer than you think. And some of the the world's greatest hits were Christmas number twos. I know. There's no, there's no other way of saying it. My favorite. My, no, no my favorite part of what you just said was the Christmas number two is closer than you think. <laughs> Sounds like a different way to say I was, that. The, I was uh, trying to be serious. Scrooge's ghost is is coming. The ghost of Christmas number two is <laughs> on its way. Change your ways, Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh. Um. <laughs> A harsh and violent number two is coming. Oh no. Um. And actually, the <laughs> can't even say it now. The number twos are a lot more Christmassy themed than the number ones. Um, so a couple of very famous examples are... Hootsman by Lord Rockingham's The no, Eleven. That's not a famous example. From 1958. Wow. So we have things like Fairy Tale in New York, which was 87. Uh, also Ice Ice Baby from Villa Rice in 1990. Um, you know that popular Christmas song? <laughs> Uh, what was the other one? Oh, Wham! Also, Wham! With um, Last Christmas was only number two in 1984. And a fact for you don't know if I've heard that one. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. Oh, that's Wham! Yeah, what's it called? Last Christmas, everything she wants. Last Christmas, ah, weird. Yeah, never mind. I know uh, that's all. I don't know. Um, but. Uh, the what some people would argue is the Christmas song, uh, Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas Is You. Ugh. I know. I disagree too. But it was also only number two in the UK. Good. In the US, it made it to number one. But in the UK... <laughs> it, can go, it can go right where number twos go as far as I'm concerned. Well, yes. But she was beaten by East 17 Stay With Me and... I'm 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 taking liberties a bit with what I show you here, but I also want to show you this one because I love this one. But okay, wait. Mariah Carey was beaten by that. By that, yes. Wow. I know. I know. Crazy, right? Like, look, I have a lot of opinions about Mariah Carey and that song, but it should really be seventeen. <laughs> I know, but I think the reason I like that song so much is the so. I, I misspoke a minute ago. It's not called Stay With Me. It's called Stay Another Day, which is, of course, very different. Um, but So the little chorus in the back that goes, Stay with me, stay with me. 
I always thought it said sleigh bells, which made it a lot more Christmassy. And I only found this out that it wasn't that like a year or two ago because I was singing sleigh bells, sleigh bells. Great. And that was really cool. Um, but all right, we are we will finally get to the song I actually want to have you listen to. And I'm going to end it with that. Um, but due, due to the kind of popularity of the Christmas song, most artists will at some point try and make a Christmas song. And they think that making them Christmas themed makes them more likely to be Christmas number one, which as we've seen, isn't necessarily the case, but a lot of them try it anyway. So this, (laughs) this is from the darkness. Um, The darkness were a rock band who did kind of like high falsetto. They were, they're sort of glam rocky hair band for the. Yes. 2000s? Yeah, they're like a 70s rock band, but they're in the 2000s. 30 years and I too think late. It, yeah, yeah, and I think it's two brothers, but they both have long hair and they were spandex and stuff. And their, their main hit was, I believe in a thing called Love. Just in the my, my brother loved that song when it came out. Well, could, hopefully. I could not stand it. Hopefully he's listening because he can hear the Christmas song. Ready for this? It sure is a song. <laughs> that one I have come to like very much. I, I now that I've heard it, I wonder if it'll grow on me the same way. Yeah, I believe it. I think called love has grown on me. Mm. There is something very ironic, I guess, yeah. about liking it. Yep, because it is like that video was bad. Oh yeah, but I mean, it was two thousand and three, so. Everything was bad. Isn't that isn't that when uh, Fall Out Boy made that their big song, two thousand three? I mean, you're thinking American budget, right there. Oh, well, good That's... point. Good point. <laughs> British ones don't have that. Yeah, good point. Uh, yeah, no, I really hated. I believe in a thing called love when it came out. Yeah, and it sort of grew on me yeah. over the years, and I think possibly because you don't hear it all the time. Like, Maybe hearing it. Once a year, like this Christmas one, you're like, yeah, all right. Actually, as far as Christmas songs go, I quite like that one. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I could go without ever hearing it again, well, I think. yeah, probably. But I was very excited when you said this topic because there is so much to talk about there's in a, British ones. Yeah, there's a deep mind there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there is with American ones, and especially if you dig around in the, the like you were saying, the reality show mm-hmm. circuit from 2000, yep. you know, to 2010 or 11. Yep. I bet, I bet uh, the American ones were just as bad. Probably still are, I would imagine. Yeah. All right. That's it then. Shall we figure out what we're going to do next week? I guess we should. What are we going to do? I let you down. I didn't find a new wheel. That's okay. So hopefully. <laughs> I just remember that there's boozy drinks on this wheel. We'll, we will be doing that, but it probably won't be podcasted. That'll be on Christmas Day. I mean, look, <laughs> it might make for better podcasting, frankly. <laughs> Let's see what the old wheel's got to say.
Kale's choice. Kale's choice. Christmassy. Christmassy. Interesting. My first inclination here is Christmas sweaters. Oh, good one. But this is an audio medium. Yeah. So I don't know how we'd pull that off. Yeah. So. Ooh, I have an idea. This wouldn't be your choice, though, so. Okay. Save it, I guess. Okay. (laughs) We'll talk about it. Kale's choice, then. Mm. All right. Carl's choice. Carl. <laughs> I'm sorry. Quit talking about Carl and tell the people where they can find us. You can find us on our new home. At anchor.fm slash gone global. Yay! It's, that's our new podcasting home. If you're looking for us on SoundCloud, we are still there for the moment. Uh, we haven't fully made the, the transition yet, but if you get us anywhere else, uh, there shouldn't be an issue. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever else. Hopefully. If you're listening to us there, that's where we are. Yes. Great job. You can also find us on Twitter at Gone Global Pod. Um, tell us what your favorite Christmas song is, and it better not be Ryan Carey. Excuse me? I think I just had a stroke. <laughs> Reliant carry. <laughs> now it's got problems. It, it better not be Mariah Carey. Because if it is, I'll come for you. I was going to say, surely Reliant K is okay. Yeah, they make good Christmas music. And what I mean by good Christmas music is Christmas music that isn't played and blared in your ear as a shopkeeper 24 hours Mm. a day for a month straight. Can we, can I just make a quick point about Mariah Carey? I saw the, she's just done a crisps or chips to you people uh, advert. You people? Yeah, you Americans. Um, she's just done a crisps advert, and the lengths she goes to to not put a crisp in her mouth is glorious. She like she like takes it and then she like lets it touch her lips slightly. Her yeah, it's like it's amazing. Grazing the edge of her teeth. Yep. Do you remember what ad that's for? Walkers. 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 Crisps. Mm-hmm. So. Have fun with that. Yeah. Let us know what you think. At Gone Global Pod on Twitter. Write to us and tell us your favorite Christmas whatever in goneglobalpod at gmail.com. That's what our email address is. Or you can leave us a voicemail message at Anchor. You can find that on our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash goneglobal. Uh, do you want to tell the people where they can find you? Mostly at home. They better mostly, not, mostly at work, actually. They better not find you here. <laughs> well, uh, I am on Twitter at Jan91, J-I-A-N-91. You can find me and my work at Toto in Toe. That's T-O-T-O-I-N-T-O-W. That's uh, Twitter and Instagram is what I mean. And then you can find my work at kaleward.com, at C-A-L-E-W-A-R-D.com. Uh, I also do another comic book podcast with my friends, the Comics Pals, uh, where we talk about the trending news in, in uh, comics and comics-related media. All right. So. Until next Christmassy time. Here we go. Thank you for a successful launch of our Christmas extravaganza. Christmas! 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 And remember, the lady loves milk tray. You better get me milk tray for Christmas. I cannot stress enough how much that's not going to happen. Boo!